Good morning. It's good to be live on Facebook. How are you guys doing? Well, there we go. Now we're seeing everybody. Going to give every fo uh, some people a chance to catch up and take another sip of coffee. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. It's awesome to see uh, as best I can. I, you know, all of your uh, all your profile pictures come up about the size of a uh, the head of, of a, a large pin, a large the pin. Uh, it's uh, kind of hard to recognize some of you, but uh, it's good to see see you see, see at least that you're out there. I want to thank you for joining us online this morning. Um, I know you could have slept in a little longer, or uh, you could be binge-watching uh, reruns of your favorite TV shows, uh, but uh, instead you uh, uh, are here with us, and uh, thank you. I thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Um, if you're new, if you're new here with us today, I would uh, encourage you to click on the send message button there at the top of the Facebook page and uh, just send the word connect and because we would really like to connect with you as best we can in these days of uh, physical distance and uh, quarantine and all these other things we've been calling. Uh, well, probably shouldn't repeat everything we've been calling these days. Uh, but uh, just type in the word connect uh, if you're new here and we would be, uh, we will respond to you soon, uh, probably a little later this afternoon. Uh, we, uh, we uh, the members of the Bay City Wesleyan Church, the Bay City Wesleyan Church family, uh, we are champions of hope on a mission with the Holy Spirit. Um, we're convinced that since Jesus took on the worst this broken world uh, could dish out and overcame it all, uh, that he can help anyone, anywhere, any day. Uh, he can make him, help us get it through any day, including the days we've been facing now. And that's what we're all about, infusing uh, single-parent families in particular, but everybody as well, uh, that we, everyone that we can, we want to infuse them with the hope of Jesus. That's why we're champions of hope. This morning, uh, we're starting a, a, uh, a three-part series. Uh, the next three weeks, it appears at least uh, for the next three weeks, probably not even until sometime in June. We'll see. We'll be meeting together again face-to-face. Um, some people have been wondering, will we continue to do Facebook Live even after we're meeting face-to-face? -face? And the answer is yes. 
Uh, there are a lot of people who can't get out to church uh, buildings on Sunday mornings for various reasons, illnesses and and work and so on. And there's no reason for us to say, well, too bad. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to help anybody and everybody uh, to participate uh, in the worship services that uh, are part of our church family. So... Uh, I don't know how long this is going to last, but we know for the next three weeks we're going to be uh, uh, in, a, in a new series, a new series of teachings. Uh, our world wobbles uh, moment by moment, uh, day by day, uh, with uncertainty and anxiety. Uh, we face an unprecedented pandemic. I've heard some people comparing it to the Spanish flu. Um, and that was bad from what I've seen in the history books, but uh, it's not quite the same thing as uh, uh, the coronavirus that uh, is attacking now. It's uh, COVID-19 upsets everything we thought we knew. Uh, and we're full of questions. When will it end? When will we be able to get back to things? What will we do? Uh, what will we do when this disease has run its course uh, in our in our church, in our society? Uh, what can we stand on? Uh, are there anything? Is there anything solid that we can stand on? Um, and I think we need to heed the promise proclaimed by Israel's ancient prophets. Um, it's. Uh, a promise uh, at least recorded one place in, in Micah chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Uh, it says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord is located, uh, the mountain where the Lord's temple is located will be famous. It will be the highest mountain of all. It will be lifted up above the hills, and nations will go to it. People from many nations will go there. They will say, Come, let us go up to the Lord's mountain. Let's go to the temple of Jacob's God. He will teach us how we should live. Then we will live the way he wants us to. The law of the Lord will be taught at Zion. His message will go out from Jerusalem. He will judge between people from many nations. He'll settle problems among strong nations everywhere. They will hammer their swords into plows. They'll hammer their spears into pruning tools. Nations will not go to war against one another. They won't even train to fight anymore. Uh, the the series in the next three weeks we're going to be talking about come from based on this invitation uh, in the middle of this uh, where people say, come, let us go up to the Lord's mountain. Let's go up to the mountain of the Lord. That's the um, backdrop for the messages for the next three weeks as we look for solid footing, uh, something solid to stand on and hang on to. Uh, I believe the answer is let's go up to the mountain of the Lord. Uh, we as uh, as people, as human beings, I think this is true everywhere. For everyone, we value, uh, we highly value stability, security, and safety. We like things to, uh, even those of us who like variety and change uh, uh, and, and new things, even those of us who are like those things, we like things to essentially stay the same. 
Uh, we don't like uncertainty. If there's change, we want to be the ones doing it and not having it forced upon us. We essentially worship. We value these things. So we value security, safety, and safety so much uh, that I think we can essentially worship that we essentially worship anything or anyone that provides us with some sense of stability. We, we long for those things. We feel safe and secure uh, and stable as long as we can see or touch uh, these things that seem to give us what we're looking for, that promise to give us security and, and safety. Uh, when disasters and diseases strike uh, and, and shake up our lives, we, we discover that there are a lot of these things that just fall apart. And so I wonder, when our world shakes, where can we find unshakable hope? Now, I think we can find the answer in the book of Hebrews. Uh, now, unlike uh, a lot of the letters written in and uh, saved for us uh, in the uh, New Testament section of the Bible, uh, this book has does not reveal who wrote it or who the original audience was. We we have no idea. Uh, there there are books like the the letters to Ro the church in Rome. You know, Paul the Apostle to the saints in Rome or to the church in Ephesus. Or, uh, we, we, we see that in, in, in many of the letters. But here, in the book of Hebrews, it just starts. And there's no record of any indication of who was being addressed. And there's no record of who wrote it. But we can figure out a few things about the people who wrote uh, received this book, the first recipients. They, they were probably Jews who followed Jesus, um, they, but they were people who also had suffered persecution because they followed Jesus. Uh, the author declared at, at, the, at the very beginning uh, the, how great Jesus was. Apparently, these these people, because they had been suffering persecution, were tempted to turn back, to stop following Jesus, and simply go back to the religion of their forefathers and the rituals of their ancestors. And so the writer, this entire book, the writer is trying to convince them and to show them the folly of uh, not following Jesus. And, and, and he's encouraging them to persevere through the sacrifices that following Jesus was costing them. Uh, the author declared in the very beginning, the very uh, Hebrews chapter 1, starting at verse 1, he says, In the past, God spoke to our people through the prophets. Uh, he, he spoke it many times. He spoke in different ways. He spoke uh, uh, in different ways. But in these last days, in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. He is the one whom God appointed to receive all things. God also made everything through him. The sun is shining brightness. The sun is the shining brightness 
of God's glory. He is the exact likeness of God's being. He uses his powerful word to hold all things together. He provided the way for people to be made pure from sin. Then he sat down at the right hand of God, the king, the majesty in heaven. Now, that's the way he starts. I think he starts by saying, let me remind you of who Jesus is before you start thinking I should turn around and and and, and not follow him anymore. He uh, He's God. He's God's ultimate message to us. He's 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 everything God is. This is who you're thinking about not following any longer. Now we're going to jump clear back to, uh, to toward the end of this let, uh, book. We're going to go to chapter twelve, there, the next to the last chapter, uh, as the author starts to to bring his uh, his argument is his desire to persuade uh, these folks back uh, into focus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 to 29, he says to them, you haven't come to a mountain that can be touched. You haven't come to a mountain burning with fire. You haven't come to darkness, gloom, and storm. You haven't come to a blast from God's trumpet. You haven't come to a voice speaking to you. When people heard that voice long ago, they begged it not to say anything more to them. What God commanded was too much for them. He said, if even an animal touches the mountain, it must be killed with stones. The sight was terrifying. Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Now, these first few verses, verses 18 to 21 that we just read, these verses uh, refer to Mount Sinai, where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Uh, You have not come to a physical mountain as your ancestors did. That's what the author is saying. You have not come to a mountain that can be located on a map. Uh, You have not come to a terrifying thing. Uh, an event, you have not come to a physical mountain. He goes on in verse 22, he says, But you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the city of the living God. This is the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, just pause for a moment. The contrast between physical uh, the physical aspects of their religious practices and the heavenly source of following Jesus uh, flows all through this book. He, he he constantly talks about the author refers to the physical aspects of religion and the habits and the the rituals as mere shadows of the real heavenly ones provided by Jesus. So what, he, what he's saying is, you know. Uh, it was awesome that God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai, but you've come to the heavenly mountain, the great mountain, the real thing, not just a shadow of something, not just a representation, but to the real thing. And he goes on, it says, you've come to a joyful gathering of angels. There are thousands and thousands of them. 
You, you have come to the church, to the congregation of God's people. God's first and only Son is over all things. God's people share in what belongs to his Son. He's, he's reminding them of what he said at the very beginning. The Son is the exact representation of God's being. He is the shining presence, a brightness of his glory. He is God's ultimate message to us. He reigns over all things, and as his people, all things belong to us. Everything that is his is ours. He goes on to say that their names, God's people's names, are written in heaven. He says, you have, not, you have come to God who is the judge of all people. You have come to the spirits of godly people who have been made perfect. You have come to Jesus. You have come to Jesus. The, he is the go-between, the mediator of a new covenant. You have come to the sprinkled blood. It promises better things than the blood of Abel. Be sure. Here's his argument. Be sure you don't say no to the one who speaks. In other words, don't be sure you don't say no to Jesus, who is God speaking to you. People did not escape when they said no to the one who warned them on earth. And what if we turn away from the one who warns us from heaven? How much less will we escape? If rebelling against the God who showed up at Mount Sinai is dangerous, how much more dangerous is it to rebel against God who shows up in Jesus? That's what he's saying. He says, at that time, when the people met God at Mount Sinai, at that time his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised once more, I will shake the earth. I will also shake the heavens. The words once more, the author says, the words once more point out that what can be shaken will be taken away. I'm talking about created things. Then what can't be shaken will remain. We are receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. So then, let us be thankful. Then we can worship God in a way that pleases Him. Let us worship Him with deep respect and wonder. Our God is like a fire that burns everything up. Uh, our God is like a blast furnace in a foundry. That's what that means. So when our world shakes... Um, and where can we find unshakable hope? Where can we find something solid to count on and to look forward to and to get us through the day? But the right, did you notice what the writer of the Hebrews of, of Hebrews said? He, the, the author proclaims we are receiving God's unshakable kingdom right now, right here. So my question is, how are you doing with that? 
How are you doing with the search for something safe and sound to stand on in these days? Uh, our world has been shaken by a virus. There is no doubt about it. it. It has been shaken by a virus that no one can resist. Uh, and no one understands. The, the more we, we hear, the more confusing it gets. Uh, our congregation schedule uh, of meeting together shifted to online meetings in a matter of days. And I had to learn how to do all this stuff, and I frankly, I'm still learning. Uh, so temporary things, the things that the, the author says, the, th the things that which that are sh that can be shaken will fall away, uh, and only the things that cannot be shaken will remain. Uh, and so, some temporary things that we thought were 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 important and. They are important, but they're not eternal. They're not essential. Uh, temporary things fell from importance in our eyes. And we've begun to see eternal, essential things more clearly uh, than ever before. We've been reminded that church buildings provide a place for us to gather, but we can't cling to them. They're important. We appreciate the building that God has provided for us to meet in, but it is not essential. Anyway, think about it. You're sitting in your living room or watching and participating with a church service without being in a church building. It's important, but it's not essential. There are other things that, that have been shaken. Uh, I used to think, I, I, I've often thought that generous churches would be spared uh, what often seems to be an inevitable decline and collapse. And then I watched my family's home church disintegrate. They just quit. Literally. They just decided, we're done. And that church had been one of the top givers to missions, worldwide missions. They've been one of the top givers in our denomination, despite only having 120 people in the church. I could not figure it out. Why would God let such a great resource disband? Then I... So I was interacting with my family members and talking to others. I, I began to realize the answer. The, the answer was, I mean, they, they had been shaken and things fell away because, you see, when you put your faith in what you do for Jesus, instead of putting your faith in Jesus, you have nothing to support you. Things will happen that will keep you from doing things for Jesus. Some of you know this from personal experience. You, you know that there are things that you used to do physically that you can no longer do. You, you simply can't. There are things I used to do that I can't do uh, anymore. 
each day I'm a little bit older, and some of you know what that means. Uh, you see, the things that we do for Jesus are not the issue. The things that, that we have, like buildings, these are not the issue. Clinging to Jesus is is the issue. That's the key. Being on mission with him is what's vital and essential. Being on mission, in other words, doing what Jesus is doing and working with Jesus to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in the people that he's trying to reach— Doing that is what keeps a church vibrant and alive. It is what keeps us vibrant and alive as followers of Jesus. So there are at least two things that I've recognized that are are uh, are important, but they're not essential. One of those is the idea of a, a building. A building is important, and I am thankful for it, and I am not advocating getting rid of it. I am simply saying it's not essential. There are ways around not being able to meet together. Uh, in the things we do for Jesus, or have done for Jesus, those are important, and we were certainly doing our best to cooperate with him, but staying on mission with him, staying connected to Jesus and working with him and finding new ways to do things, that's what's essential. When this pandemic started shaking things, our, our sources of security fell away in a matter of days. Stock markets, savings accounts, and a whole economy stopped, or at least stopped growing. Retirement plans, vacations, daily routines, schoolwork, and more went on indefinite hold. When will we be able to do these things? We don't know. Many of us struggle with these losses, and, and, and we should. I, I, I do. Uh, I, I know that I'm struggling with this, uh, and, and I know I'm grieving that we can't do some of the things that we used to do. And that's, there's, I, I'm hoping and I'm pretty sure there's nothing wrong with that. But we also need to let go of the things that have failed us in this season of shaking. Uh, let go of them, not in the sense of get rid of them necessarily, but just stop expecting them to give us something they can't give us. We need to release the temporary sources uh, that we think give security in order to receive God's unshakable kingdom. So, how are you doing with releasing the things that have failed to give you security in these days? See, right here, right now, we receive God's unshakable kingdom. He offers it. It's available. It's ours for the taking. But how will you find the courage and the strength to let go of these things? To let go of the false security? Well, you have come to Jesus. and You have come to his sprinkled blood. You have come to the sacrifice he made for us. On the cross. We tend to fall for the false idea that God's kingdom is going to come in the future. 
usually the distant future. Uh, someday, by and by, God's kingdom will come. But the author says we are receiving God's unshakable kingdom now. Right here, right now, we receive God's kingdom. Now, we long and pray for its full arrival because obviously it's not all here. I mean, there are a lot of things. There are still problems and still things are still being shaken. But we can live. We can live in the kingdom's increasing blessings. So how do we receive the kingdom? Uh, take the time right now, right here, to pray so you can release these temporary sources of security and receive God's kingdom. First, ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you can release and just not worry about or think about anymore. There are, there are things perhaps you've been hanging on to that you don't need to hang on to at all. Just let them go. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you uh, the insight and show you what you, you need to just let go of forever. Uh, and then pray for the wisdom to know what you can release from expecting to keep you safe while you still hang on to it in some way. I mean, there are things that we need to hang on to. And there are things we simply just need to let go and, and let, let go forever. Uh, and we need to be able to know the difference and we also need to know that in all these things that have shaken, been shaken and all of these things that have failed us, they are not going to be the source of our security. So my question is, will, will you ask the Spirit? Will you ask the Holy Spirit to help you release what he wants you to release? And will you receive God's unshakable kingdom right here, right now. May I pray with you? Thank you. Come, Holy Spirit. We need you. Right here, right now. Open our eyes to see what we must release so we can receive Jesus' unshakable kingdom. Help us to distinguish the difference between temporary things and eternal things. Let us sense what may be important, but not essential. And give us the strength to grasp the indispensable eternal things your love for us, your kingdom. Right here, right now, we lay down our agendas, our dreams and desires, and we ask you to make us flexible and adaptable. We welcome your plans for us. Come. 
come, Holy Spirit. We need you. Plant our feet on the solid rock of God's unshakable kingdom here and now. Amen. There are some links in the uh, description for today's uh, live Facebook live event. Uh, there, there's a, a link for you if you have not already uh, joined the Champions of Hope group here for our w website. Um, there's a link there that you can click on to, to, to join the group. There's the uh, link for giving uh, to tithe, uh, to the church, to, the, to Jesus through the church at Tithely. Uh, there's a link there for that. Or if you would prefer, there's an address in the description that shows you... Uh, where you can mail a check to the church. Uh, please mark it attention business manager. Receive some uh, that had offerings written on the envelope. I don't think that's necessarily a good idea. Uh, so just write attention business manager. Uh, Bay City Wesleyan Church, attention business manager, and then the address. There are also two playlists songs that I think can be helpful to you. One is a playlist on uh, YouTube, uh, and uh, all you have to do is click on that link, and it'll take you to that playlist, and you can uh, watch the videos and listen to those songs. There's another that's uh, a Spotify list, and you can, those of you who use Spotify to, to listen to music can uh, go there and hear the, those are some songs that you can uh, listen to. They're songs that have been helpful to me. As I think about the fact that it's just Jesus that we need. Uh, Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the one who can get us through all these things. Uh, he's the reason that we look forward to tomorrow. Uh, because we know he's going to be with us today and tomorrow. So I invite you to check those out. Um, I think we'll just take a couple minutes to let you uh, kind of interact with each other and then we will uh, finish. I'm going to drink some coffee. So I've been uh, missing music with with our times together. Uh, I'm sure some of you have too. I'm sure. Um, I'm going to find a way. Apparently, there are so many churches and people on the internet on Sunday mornings that we're practically crashing the system. 
Uh, there's just a limit to how much we can do. Uh, it's not just us. It's happening to other people, uh, other churches, other pastors. So uh, I'm going to look for a way that we can uh, share some music. So be watching. I'll announce it uh, when I figure out a way for us to do that so we can have uh, some times of worship music together. Uh, it'll probably not be on Sunday morning. So it may be uh, an evening uh, when, uh, when it's a little less crowded on the internet. Really appreciate all of you. Love you. Uh, looking forward to uh, being able to see you uh, eyeball to eyeball uh, in the future. It's not going to be long. It will seem like a long time, but I am sure it will not be a long time. We will gather again together, um, and we will be able to celebrate together uh, all that God's done for us. So, uh, I want to thank you for coming today. Again, I know you could have been doing something else, but I appreciate your being here. And uh, just remember your scent. To share Jesus with the people you're around you. Just find a new way to do it. Bye for now.